Hey guys, so how did you two get involved with the Avery? Uh, well, it was something that was born out of uh, a couple different things. I would say um, first our desire to work with our producer uh, Jessica Rhodes and Andrew Miller. Uh, we'd known Jess since 2014. Um, and she's been uh, a big champion of Jen and I's writers. And she knew that uh, we were looking to make our first feature. And so we had a bunch of different uh, scripts and ideas that we were kicking around. And uh, when the opportunity came through, the aviary uh, was sort of not only the, the script that we were most excited about uh, putting in front of cameras, but also uh, was something that we felt we could shoot um, safely in COVID because of the small cast and uh, it being mostly outside. Uh, so it was just a really nice uh, confluence of uh, events and, and timing and excitement around the project. And how was it like working with Malin and Lorenza on this? Because like you said, you have a small cast, but it's really stacked when you look at it, right? Because you have those two. And you have uh, the cult leader in this as well. I forget his name, but yeah, Chris Messina. Yeah, Chris Messina. Yeah, and they are all so wonderful. And I was talking to Malin and Lorenza Tuesday, and I said their chemistry together almost felt instant, like they've been watching their whole career from the beginning because it's just they had this flow about them. So how was it like watching those two on set perform? It was amazing. They. We were incredibly lucky. All everyone in our cast is incredibly talented, and um, there was just a really great, like sort of like the movie coming together. Like we got very lucky in how our cast came together. We had, um, as we were doing final rewrites on the movie, we were talking about like who do we want to play Jillian. And Malin was our first choice. We were like writing to her, sort of like knowing it was going to go out to her, but it's so rare that your first offer even like wants to have a meeting. And it took about a month and we were getting to the point where we were thinking, okay, like who do we go to next? And we got a call from her agent that she had read it and she had liked it and she wanted to have a meeting. And we just had a great talk with her about the film and the ideas of the movie and what it's like to make something that's like out in the desert and in the elements for a few weeks and she was really excited to do all of those things and then when we met with Lorenza we actually met with her I mean this is all over zoom but the two of us together and Malin and I think what you're saying of like their chemistry is so palpable we even felt it on the zoom we were like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And we were already very excited about her. But as soon as we hung up with Lorenza, Malin texted us and was like, we love, I love her. Like, let's do it. And we felt the same way. So yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was, uh, it was kind of nice because we were casting, you know, just a handful of roles. I think we were able to really, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't stretched too thin in terms of like trying to go, oh my God, we got to get eight people whose chemistry is all going to work together. We had these two leads that we knew, okay, if we can nail these two, um, the movie's going to fly. And, and so that process was really important, both 
in pre-production and casting and, uh, you know, working with them on the set. Right. And there's a lot of examples of movies like this that's like a one person so or a two person so like in Gary with Matt Damon, Casey Affleck, and then there's Buried with Ryan Reynolds, and most recently with Gold with Zac Efron. So this made you kind of be like, okay, we can play with this whole scene location. So how was it like getting the location down for the Avery as well, where you wanted to shoot in the process of that? Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring up Jerry. That was something that we watched a lot during prep because <laughs> Uh, Jerry does an incredible job of varying all of the desert spaces like it always every 10 minutes you feel like they're in a slightly different place even though you're constantly battling with just like hey we're in an open space how do we block this how do we shoot this so that was like really a that was a text for us in the preparation right. and then as we were looking that's exactly what we were looking for we were like how much variety can we find like what are these different like rock formations and color variations and like places that have fields and because it's a smaller movie you have to find locations that can combo those things so we, we would find like the place like there's this great sort of like cave space and a great cliff space and it's all within like a five minute walk like stuff like that was you know it was like putting a puzzle together yeah because as we researched jerry you know because it was gus van sant and right. and uh, Casey and and Matt Damon like I think they even the that movie we were like oh my god like they figured out how to use the desert this is great and then we started looking at it and like they shot the ending in a desert in Argentina and they shot the rest of it in like Utah and like for they were a small movie but a different kind of small movie and right. so we were, like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like you know, how A twenty four is a small movie, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> but so, it's good to have goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were, we were, you know, um, it, for a minute we almost shot in New Mexico, and then COVID complicated that, so we we ended up shooting in, in like outside of Los Angeles, and we we learned. I feel like I learned more desert terms uh, than a geologist would have. <laughs> Um, so, but we found all the, we found all the spots we needed. And when you watch the movie, you know, we, we tried to, we basically thought of it as acts. So like the first act has one very specific look. The second act has another look and the third act has a third look that kind of tracks their descent into hell. Right. And I want to go back to casting Chris Messina in this as the cult leader. I mean, you had to find somebody that had great charisma and can manipulate people very easily. So how was that process like getting Chris on board? And there are still so many recent cults still going on. It's kind of hard to believe how many are still out there. So did you two do research for how you wanted his character to come across? Yeah, I mean, there first how how we how we brought him onto the movie. He we had been fans of his for a very long time, um, and he had been like on our list of people we thought would be great for the role. Um, and Jessica had worked with him previously on Sharp Objects. So we had a bit yeah. of access there. And then when, kind of like Mullen, when he read the script, he really loved it and wanted to talk to us. And a lot of the character building, I mean, obviously he existed on the page and we had a bunch of ideas, but Chris is, Chris Messina is an incredible collaborator. 
um, he was shooting another movie while we were prepping this. So he was in North Carolina, but on the weekends we would get together over zoom and have these meetings and talk through scenes and talk through costumes. And he would send us pictures about like, maybe he wears glasses like this. Maybe he wears sweaters like this. And he's just so good at like every, every little piece, anything that doesn't, that doesn't hit completely honest for Chris. He'll be like, what about this? Is there something like, can we make this deeper? Can we make this better? And then we would just work through things. So like, I think it was great too. And that like, I think I would have been a lot more intimidated by him if we hadn't had this uh, <laughs> like <laughs> workshopping before we made the movie. But by the time we were on set, it was like, oh, it's like working with my old friend, Chris Mastina. Yeah. And, and in terms of like building that cult leader character, I mean, we didn't, we didn't want to pull from any one specific cult leader. And we knew that we wanted to like our, our rule that we brought to Chris was that um, there's that almost everything Seth says in the movie um, should sound pleasant, like right. should sound um, exciting and interesting and uh passionate and that and that was one of the things we worked on with chris was because the draft that he read was we were still there was still some dialogue that he bumped on a little bit where he was like you know this this sounds more intimidating than i think you guys were talking about and we'd be like you know what you're right that does sound like he's trying to kind of muscle his way and let's let's focus on those moments and figure out how is he more just like the nicest guy you've ever you've ever met well, that's where you find, that's where you find the manipulation. Like you want, you want the words to say one thing and you want the performance to say another. So Chris was like, right. I can bring menace to, um, like, I love you. Like I can, like, it's, it's, um, that, that contrast I think is what makes the performance like pull you in and keep you off balance the entire time. Right. And how do you guys feel about this? finally about to come out next Friday with select cinemas and on videos on demand, which now that kind of reaches more audience than it did in the past. So how do you feel about this kind of hybrid release of the Avery? It's an interesting question. I mean, I think we're thrilled that our first movie is coming out in theaters. Um, and I think the, um, the VOD piece, I think, is really, with so much in the marketplace, I think it's really exciting that we're able to have a movie where, um, and this is something that we've discussed with Saban, the distributor, and their attitude towards the release strategy is, you know, we'll put, we want to put, we want to drive all of our resources to the moment that that movie is available, because when people see it, we want them to be able to click on it and rent it immediately, um, which is different from how I grew up going to the movies, right. um, but makes a lot of sense. And so I think it's really great that we're able to have these multiple platforms in different ways for people to see it. Um, you know, I, I would encourage anyone who has the opportunity to see it in a theater, to see it in a theater, because it is, uh, we designed it to be seen in a theater. We did, we shot outside wide open spaces. Um, our cinematographer, Ellie Smolkin, is a genius and um, made the movie look so expansive and so huge um, that, you know, I think it deserves to be seen on a big screen, but um, you know, home, home viewing is where it's at right now. 
and uh, I think people will enjoy it uh, in their homes as well. Jennifer, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for both of us, it's a dream come true to go see our first movie in a movie theater. Like that's what I've wanted since I was a child. So that that piece is incredible. And then knowing that, you know, people in cities where the movie isn't playing can see it at home, having it having it sort of be all at once is is interesting. Like I'm not I'm not really like a box office head person. Like I see I see all the movies that I want to see and I'm very excited to go see them and I try and see as many things in a theater as I can. That's just how I am and I think an amazing part of living in Los Angeles and being part of the filmmaking community. Right. Um but yeah. yeah, like I I want people to see the movie. I want to talk to people about the movie and however that is and however they feel <clears throat> however they feel comfortable seeing it right now is what's most important. Well, thank you too so much for joining me on Infamous Horrors today. It's been really fun and congratulations on the film. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks thank for you having so much. us. I like your posters. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Madeline said the same thing. Yeah, it's great. I have to get more. You've outdone me. I just have the one. I need to get the spread. Oh, I even got more on the opposite end, too. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, you need something to look at. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you two have a good afternoon. Thanks, man. You yeah, too. Yeah, you too.